You are listening to the Horse Radio Network, part of the Equine Network family. This is episode 720 of the Dressage Radio Show, official podcast of the United States Dressage Federation on the Horse Radio Network, brought to you by Kentucky Performance Products. On the show today, we're going to chat with Holly Hilliard, who is the chair of the Adult Programs Committee. After that, we're going to continue with our book club review with our chosen auditor and the review of Eric Smiley's book. For the trainer tip, we're going to talk nutrition with Coach Tony Sandoval. This is Reese Coppler Stanfield from Georgetown, Kentucky. And this is Philip Parks of Rockwood, Ontario, and you're listening to the Dressage Radio Show. Hi, Phil. Hi, Reese. We're uh, <laughs> we're recording a little early this week, uh, you know. So this is our Canadian holiday, and you're yes! about to, Happy you're Canadian, about to celebrate Happy Canadian the Day, Fourth of July. Yeah. <laughs> it's just Canada I know. Day. I was like, I think I said it wrong. Yeah, happy <laughs> Canada. So is Canada Day similar to what our fourth of July? Like tell us what do you do on Canada Day? Uh yeah, I mean we've sort of we're we're mini Americans, but uh <laughs> uh we we never officially was seceded from uh from England. Yes. <laughs> they're still they're still our daddy. Um, <laughs> so yeah, we we're we're not celebrating our independence as far as the way that you guys do by you know kind of blowing stuff up but but we have a lot of fireworks and and uh you know we just have to chug maple syrup and whiskey yeah. stuff like yeah. that you know we just do, like we your just do our own take yeah we just do our own your whiskey's take. delicious yeah i love it i love it well so everybody we have a chat between um phil paul and i and and paul's in england so i did text him have fun at work tomorrow england <laughs> so, <laughs> i did i did pass that to paul who is on mute and can't defend himself um but yeah no i uh i i don't know about you but actually usually on the fourth of july we still wear horses you know it's especially it's a tuesday this year so um we're working on horses tomorrow actually i'm really busy tomorrow because everyone's really excited that i'm coaching on a tuesday um <laughs> so like i have a super full schedule so every, every, everybody's got the day off except, except yeah. for weeks. <laughs> Yeah. Except for me. But I think you're probably the same. Like, I, and I love that. It's totally fine. I'm riding my own horses as well. So, um, Isabel, uh, my assistant for the summer and I were laughing. We're like, well, we're actually working tomorrow. And uh, I, I don't, I'm sure a lot of people that are listening, um, you know, I'm usually stay at the farm on, on 4th of July. Usually we host a party. We're actually not doing that like tomorrow, but usually we host something because, and it breaks up always before dark because, um, all my friends have horses and everybody goes home. So I don't know. We'll probably we may have an impromptu something tomorrow, but this year it's, we've all been busy and traveling. So we're not, we're not doing anything. So much. you know, we'll do something I'm sure, but yeah, we usually stay home and our sweet dog, Winston, he really is scared of fireworks. So he has to wear his little vest. He has this like, you know, it's like a thunder shirt, but it, we get him a vest cause it's cooler. The thunder vest his Winston thunder vest. So we, we are pretty much, at home tomorrow and usually watch a movie or something um and if it's a nice night we'll do a little fire pit so yeah I, i'm lucky this year everybody's in stalls at the barn i don't have any horses in turnout because that always makes me nervous but anyways that's kind of what we're doing so we're having i'm working and then my husband i think is working so <laughs> we're not very much fun uh this year but that's okay it's, it's all good i'm glad glad to be busy so yeah, so we're recording a little bit early because uh, of the holiday week, uh, but we're excited. We're training horses. How are your horses doing right now, Phil? You guys in the midst of training? Yeah, I mean, uh, it's been a pretty good week. Uh, nothing crazy. Uh, just the young guys are just you know getting going on their uh, mm -hmm. on their process of get of getting back, and that's that's been slow, steady progress, which I like. I don't have to yeah. no problem solving yet. So. <laughs> Out. I think this week, uh, you know, my uh, my friend is coming over, and we're going to actually back them again. You know, I yeah. So, <gasps> so last week they, they were report. last People year they were back. officially backed, um, but now they're actually you know they've got some steering installed, so she can come over and uh, and get on and 
and do the the real deal. Real deal. I love it. Hopefully, yeah, hopefully she'll be off the lead line in a couple of weeks and uh, just keep going. I mean, that, that's all it is. Yeah. Show up every day and uh, do a little bit more than you did the day before. That's <laughs> exactly. Exactly. Slow, We've steady been really, progress. Yeah. yeah. And we have a horse show here. Um, our local horse show is in two weeks or three weeks. So we're all kind of kind of transitioning back to into horse show. Uh, we had a horse show last week uh, and it went really quite well. So that was great. My my third level horse, uh, Dare Zalver, he's on Black, Blackberry Ridge Farm. He was really good. He won his first, uh, is actually his second third level test ever. Uh, we did third three and he actually was quite good. Like he was, I showed him in uh, April and then again, we have a very small show. Uh, which I love because it's a great one at Meadow Lake uh, that gives a, a bunch of confidence. So these shows are popping up more. I don't know if they are where you are, Phil, but they're like Wednesday. They're recognized shows. They're kind of uh, a step up from a schooling show, uh, but kind of the schooling show feel. And so it's great because you can get your qualifying scores and not be in a big environment. So our next one's the horse park, right? So that's a big environment. Um, so it's nice if you're kind of working on some things and then uh, can do that. So he was quite good. I was really pleased. I felt like he had more confidence than he did in April. So we're keep on keeping on. Um, that third three is a nice test. I think it's a really good one for them. Uh, so uh, the canter half pass is introduced in that. So um, he was actually really quite good. I was I was a little nervous. We had had a really bad storm the night before. So usually I, I, I do lunge that horse a little bit just to let him get his willies out. Uh, but he really couldn't do that because of the, literally the arena was underwater. So uh, I was a little bit nervous because my plan had changed, but we just walked him a little bit more. He needed that time. Actually, he was, he was a little bit nervous. And then we just walked him quietly for like 20 minutes and he really did settle down, which was nice. And I popped on and, and he was just like a professional. So uh, that was fun. So um, yeah, my assistant won high point. Uh, she really nailed it. She got a 75%. I saw her in the warm up and I said, just, just that, do that. And she did just do, she that. Yeah. Just do yeah. that. And she did, she nailed it. One high point for the horse show, uh, which was so nice. Cause she's been working really hard this summer and it, you know, hard work, you know, you work hard, but it really does pay off. And she was, she really nailed it. So, uh, it was a good day. We came back and, and we, were, we were in yeah. really good mood. So, uh, that was fun. So onward and upward that she's going to move up a level. I said, okay, come on now. Now we can go to second level. Uh, she hadn't been in the ring for a while, so that was fun. So uh, onward and upwards. So, um, but we're gonna we uh, uh, I'm doing a little traveling um, for for some horses, which I'm excited about. I'll tell you guys a little bit more about that next week. Um, but we hope you have a great week. And for all the I know uh, the South is really really hot, so we hope you guys are taking precautions and and watching out on that. So uh, we've got a great show for you. We're gonna have a break from Kentucky Performance Products, and we'll get into the show. And we hope you enjoy. This Nutrition Minute is brought to you by Kentucky Performance Products, the company that simplifies your search for research-proven nutritional supplements at kppusa.com. Did you know that easy keepers and horses on restricted diets are often at risk for vitamin and mineral deficiencies? Most easy keepers are maintained on hay and some get a few handfuls of grain a day, and most of these horses get little to no green grass. Diets that don't include significant levels of green grass or recommended amounts of fortified concentrates just don't supply enough vitamins and minerals. Many horse folks don't realize that hay alone, even high quality green hay, is not an adequate source of many vitamins. For example, when grass is cut and dried for hay, the vitamins quickly lose their potency. 70% of the vitamin E found in grass is lost in the first week after it is cut for hay. One way to ensure that your special needs horse is getting all the vitamins and minerals he needs is to add a vitamin and mineral supplement to his diet. A well-balanced supplement will provide the nutrients your horse requires without adding unwanted calories, starches, and sugars. Microphase, made by Kentucky Performance Products, is a vitamin and trace mineral supplement that bridges the gap in your feeding program. With Microphase, your horse receives adequate and balanced vitamin and mineral nutrition without unwanted calories or other ingredients. The minerals in microphase have been chelated, a process that protects minerals during digestion and increases their absorption in the intestine. 
Microphase provides vitamins such as vitamin E in a natural form so your horse receives optimal results from this supplement. This Nutritional Minute has been brought to you by Kentucky Performance Products. You can find all of their terrific products at kppusa.com. Founded in 1973, the United States Dressage Federation has become the largest organization to represent a single Olympic equestrian discipline. At nearly 30,000 members strong, USDF is your connection to dressage education, competition, and achievement. Visit usdf.org to learn more about USDF education, competition and award programs, and to shop our online store. Again, that's usdf.org, your online destination for dressage. Well, tonight we're very excited to have Holly Hilliard. She is the owner-operator of Harmony Horse Dressage and chair of the Adult Program Committee for USDF. Holly, welcome to the show. Why, thank you. Thanks for having me. Well, Holly, we first wanted to have you introduce yourself, and then we'll talk a little bit about what you do for the committee. So, said Holly Hilliard. Um, I am a Florida resident for the last 15, 16 years now, and have been on the committee for, hmm, gosh, I think I joined the committee in 2007 and became the chair, I don't know, a few years after that. So, we are, it's, you know, an, an education committee. It's, we are involved in trying to come up with educational programs for the Dressage Federation and to make sure that we can communicate with the members as to what's available. Fantastic. And how about yourself, Holly? Tell us about your farm. Um, we have 20 acres of small, you know, we do some boarding and some lessons and some training, um, small 20 acre farm in Northwest Florida, outside of the, in the Panhandle, outside of the Dustin Panama City area. We're scaling down a little bit now. It's, it's hot. <laughs> it's really hot. <laughs> really hot where you are. I think yeah. it's super uh, hot, right? How hot yeah. was it today? I think today was a cool day and the heat index was 109. <laughs> Oh, yeah. The last, yeah. The last week has been brutal. You know, 112 to 118 has been the heat index. It's been really We just hot. lost our Canadian. Um, our Canadian is gone. He just left. He, he melted. Oh, okay. <laughs> 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 Bill, yeah, Bill's probably never seen yeah, heat like that. That's unheard of. Yeah, that's yeah. unheard of temperatures. So I'm not, I'm not into that. No, me either. <laughs> and neither are the horses. They're all hiding under their fans. Yeah. Yeah. I'm sure you take it easy on them for that. Yeah. It's really hot. Well, fantastic. Well, Holly, tell us about what the adults program committee does for USDF. Our mission statement is to develop educational programming for the members that will help, you know, engage them in the sport, help them get uh, more active in the sport, help them get more active in USDF. Um, we work on topics and speakers or make suggestions for topics and speakers for the education sessions at USDF. The big push that the committee has worked on for the last probably seven years has been what is now called the GMO Education Initiative. Um, we have been trying to develop some virtual sessions for online online education, the USDF University, all of those. Uh, educational programs kind of fall under this committee as far as um, suggestions and oversight. And generally, right now, we're work. We have been working for the last two months on GMO, on an outreach. There's 110 GMOs in the country, and we made it our goal to contact personally contact all 110 of them um, and find out what we can do to make educational programming that's really valuable to them and their members and to try and get the membership more engaged and improve the communication we have with between USDF, the GMOs, and our general membership. That's been a a really big stumbling block for us, trying to make sure that people really know what's going on and what's available to them. Um, So we're, we're working on that and we made this month our call month, basically. And we're wrapping that part up, and now we have to compare statistics. So I think based on feedback from the GMOs and the members, how are you going to continue to add educational opportunities? Well, as I said, we haven't had the opportunity to 
compile all of our results, but I suspect that the calls that I made are very similar to the calls, or at least the responses are similar to what the other committee members are. There's nine of us all together. From the conversations we've had, I think we're all kind of learning the same thing is one of our big challenges is people still don't know what is actually out there already available to them. So we are, I think our conversations with the GMO presidents have um, enlightened them some and have made them more aware. Um, I think the online education, I personally had mixed responses to that. Some of the people loved the idea. They just weren't aware that we had already started doing them. Um, Some of the people said, well, now that COVID is over, in quotes, um, people are tired of online stuff and they want more in-person meetings and more more personal contact. We do, we had a goal for the committee. We haven't achieved it yet this year, but we had a goal for the committee to do one online educational webinar a quarter that would be interactive. And those sessions are recorded so they can be later viewed on demand. Um, you can go back and review them. You can get USDF University credit for them. Um, so we're we're striving to get for this year. We're falling behind our mark a bit, but we'd like to have four um, online sessions available. But already on the USDF website, if you click on the um, education tab on the website, which is on the far right top of the screen, the homepage, there's already just an unbelievable amount of education available to people now. And it includes things like, um, if you go to the education library, there's dressage on the go, which is like an audio um, that you can listen to when you're driving. Those are, I think, 20 to 45 minutes long. Um, There's articles that you can search for a specific topic or something that you wanted a feature article for. Um, there's videos that you can watch that are, that take longer. There's short courses that take about 20 minutes. There's just an incredible amount of information there already that people are not aware of. And I sat on the phone with some of our GMO presidents and we walked through the website and they were like, well, I was complaining about what USDF, what does USDF do for the GMOs? And now I see (laughs) Yeah, yeah. there's actually modules there just for GMOs. It's educational modules that are put together for GMOs so they can have a meeting and this is the information they can discuss during their membership meeting. So we've gotten a mixed bag of, of information, but it's all been really good information and some really valuable conversations, I think. Fantastic. No, I think that's great. And even the USDF on the go, I just learned about that. I was like, what? That That's a thing? So, I mean, I think that, (laughs) which is horrible, I should know more, Uh, but I mean, I think that's really great. I know um, for sure, like I'm looking at the tab right now and it's really cool. Like there's a recommended reading list. We have a book club here on the podcast, but these are other books where you can go. There's reading lists, there's clinics, there's outreach. I mean, there's a lot of lot going on here. I'm like, wow, look at all this stuff. That's so, that's great. And it's all free, right? If you're a member. Or it's all free if you remember. Mm-hmm. It's even the home for the official podcast that we're creating right now. So if you look that's down exactly that right. List, we're so proud of you. <laughs> <laughs> I do look at that just to make sure our, we go up. Exactly, we're creating this yeah. right now. Uh, fantastic. So I mean, I think that Something that's like, really important. Yeah, I just it, there's an amazing amount of information there, and you know, I mean, I I look at it all the time. I was like, if I just had time to sit down and mm-hmm. just. Mm-hmm go through these that whether you feel like you need a refresher or whether you're looking, you're exposed to the first time with a horse with laminitis or, I mean, you can find information there. There's veterinary articles. This, you know, there's information there from people like Hillary Clayton, Lilo Four, um, Kathy Conley, Jeremy Steinberg, Beth Bomber, Chris Hickey, just, I mean, the names go on and on and on and on. So if there's a favorite trainer that you have that you like to watch, there's probably schooling exercises, videos and articles and schooling exercises by, from that person. Um, you mm-hmm. just go in and start looking and you'll find it. One thing that I would like to make people, I hope people are getting more aware of 
is the National Education Calendar and Map, which is also on that list. Um, and that's the goal is to have this map and this calendar be the go-to. So USDF is the go-to for all things education. Um, and I was pleased to see, if you click on that, there's a drop-down map and there's little icons all over the map. It's a map of the United States little icons that tell you where there's events. And if you click on the icon, it tells you what the event is. And then a little under the map, there's a calendar that you just flip the pages. And I was really excited because this is available to its USDF events, its GMO events, and private barn events or private individual events can get their event listed. So it's just to help people know what all is available in the area. And I looked at it this morning, and in July, there's the North Carolina Dressage and uh, Cross Combined Training is doing an equine festival, a bunch of different topics there. In September, Stephen Peters is doing a clinic at the Colorado Horse Park, and there's a master class at Dressage at Devon in September also. In June, there was already Georgia. Uh, I just... Uh, I yes. just clicked on the map it, myself. That's really cool. And there actually could be way more things on this on this calendar. There could be way more things. Yeah. And oh, we're we're hoping that was one of the things we're hoping to make uh, people more aware of. The committee um, came up oh. with that a few years ago, and it was a, a three-step release, but it's all fully active now. And we're just hoping people utilize it way more than it's being utilized now. I didn't even know about the map. See, Holly, I'm learning all these new things. It's very cool. Well, again, I'm, Perfect. I'm fairly informed because we do the podcast and we do something every month for USDF, but I didn't even realize I, I've opened the educational portal myself and uh, it's unbelievable, everybody. I hope you go here. It's really easy to see. It's really easy to scroll. Um, even just the glossary of judges terms, right? That's there. So if you are questioning what happened at your test, it's right here. It's actually really easy to find. I don't even think I'm logged into my account. I think I'm just on the website and I'm getting kind of everywhere I need to. So that's really cool, Holly. I did not even know all of this, everyone. So I hope you're learning well, too. I'm that's great. So for the GMO uh, education initiative, that has been our, our like focus for the last several years. Over the last five mm -hmm. years, and Philip, you're right. We talked about the pandemic kind of creating a problem for us where you couldn't have in-person stuff. And so if I look back in the over the last five years, there's been 46 events that were, and this is a combination of like clinics, unmounted um, exercise, ride-a-test clinics, camp, even camps, you know, you can do um, the camps for your members. So there's been 46 of, uh, events, and there's a $1,000 grant that you can apply for if you do a GMO education initiative program. The $1,000 grant, so in the last five years, USDF has distributed 33000 almost $34,000 in grant money. So of those events, almost all of them got the full $1,000. So that was pretty exciting. Um, awesome. And I think we're seeing some growth now that the... Now that we can do in-person again, we're starting to see some growth in the program. But still, we talked to GMO presidents who didn't know about it. Um, and it's been out there, I think, a total of seven years now. It was originally called the National Education Initiative. So we're still reaching out to people, still trying to make people more aware no, makes and trying sense. to figure out what the most effective way to do that. I think this is fantastic. I'm so, I'm so excited that you kind of told us about all this stuff. And I hope people really do take the opportunity to to go and see what's going on and who's around. And I think that's really, really important. Holly, any other kind of lasting things you want to tell people as we have them listening about what you're doing in the educational opportunities that are out there? We've touched on a lot, quite a bit. The calendar was something that I really wanted to make people mm -hmm. aware of. And convention, um, right? The, that's a big, yeah. big one as well. So those are the education sessions, and I think um, the I don't believe the um, agenda has been published yet for, yeah, I don't believe even the draft agenda has been published, but we are hoping to have additional education sessions available this year, and we're in Omaha this year, so um, mm -hmm. that should be interesting, a big crowd. And um, and just, Omaha is fun, everyone. Phil can Phil can tell. We went. It's it, Omaha is really quite fun, actually. <laughs> That's good. 
Yeah. <laughs> like almost fun. Right, Phil? We had a good time in Omaha. We enjoyed it. Uh, absolutely. Absolutely. It's a, I mean, yeah. they're, they're really good at hosting special events there. Yeah. That's mm-hmm. uh, they're, they're used for that. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's actually a kind of a cool place. Just saying. No, I'm looking forward to it. So it'll be a fun time for everybody, I hope, and an educational time for everybody. I think the other thing that we've found as in talking to people about this through our survey is that I think there's been some confusion over um, like the grant availability and TDF, uh, the Dressage Mm -hmm. Foundation. So the Mm -hmm. USDF and the Dressage Foundation, although they work together, they're not one in the same. And the Dressage Foundation is separate, yeah, Mm -hmm. separate entity. And the grant, if you're doing a, if you're hosting a GMO education initiative, you can Mm -hmm. apply for the USDF grant for a thousand and a TDF grant. So the whole idea is make it as affordable for your members as possible. The idea is bring the cost of education down so that we can make it available to those members that are less fortunate, that have less available to them. Are It's harder to get to that area. So you can bring in good instructors, have a really quality program, and keep the cost as low as possible by stacking those grants and then get sponsors. Do whatever you can to make that cost yeah, as low as possible. I love it. I love it. Well, Holly, thank you so much for your time tonight. This was, this was great. Uh, I think, I hope everybody can take time to, to look at at what's available because there is a lot of stuff available. If you know where to look, um, if you have any questions, Holly, how can they find you online? So they can, they can email me at harmonyhorsedressage at gmail.com. Or you can go to the USDF website and click on, um, governance or committees, and you'll find that the, all the members of the adult programs committee, all committees actually are listed and my phone number and uh, email are there, or you can contact the USDF education department and by email or phone. And, um, hopefully between us, we can answer all your questions and help you have a successful educational program. Awesome. Well, thank you so much, Holly. Thank you. Especially with performance horses, flies can really be a nuisance. Fly predators are a great investment of all the different poisons and insecticides and different things you could use. I don't know of anything that is more economical and more effective than Spalding fly predators. Well, for this book review of the Sport Horse Problem Solver, what works, what doesn't, and how to make it better, we have Auditor Kelly from California on the line. Hi, Kelly. How are you? I'm great. Well, we actually got to meet and chat and hang out a little bit in Florida over the winter. We were able to see each other uh, when we were at jumping. We met up. It was so much fun. So it's, it's great to have you on the show. I'm glad you're here. Thank you guys so much for inviting me. It's an honor. So Kelly, tell us, I mean, you've had this book, we've, we, um, you know, we do these every couple of months and uh, we're glad number one, you answered the call on the auditor page. Um, But tell us a little bit about what your thoughts are uh, on the book. Absolutely. Thank you guys for this opportunity. I was looking forward to because I'm starting my young Dutch warm blood and our primary goal, lifelong goal is going to be obviously dressage carried through, but I also want to do lower level eventing because I love cross training my horse. And what I loved most about this book was not only did he have every single aspect of equestrianism in it, he also tackle jumping as well as all the premises that go into dressage because dressage is in every sport no matter what we do about it right so that's <laughs> what I, and i'm also a really black and white thinker and yeah. what is great about him is that he takes very simple clear concepts in black and white it is right or wrong and where sometimes you can get in trouble he actually clarifies it in saying, yes, there's a lot of nuances to it. He brings all the depth to it. It was incredible what he actually packed into this book. Yeah, I, I thought so too. I mean, it was a lot of information. Like, I have to be honest, I, I sat, would sit down and read it and I would actually need a little time to digest like a chapter because, it, you know, he would, he would basically give you a problem. Like, for example, <laughs> you know, he was talking about a problem, lack of impulsion, And then he would literally say, why is there a problem? Why is that a problem? Why does it need to be solved? How do you solve it? 
So it was great. Was there any specific problem that you thought, oh, that's really good or really applies to me right now? Oh, well, of course, it's everything. (laughs) I'm right there. (laughs) A big one, obviously, that us as general writers, I think, struggle with are our contacts. And it doesn't matter in Mm -hmm. one discipline. And that's because it also changes horse to horse. And with how much energy that they put in as well as you put in. And so what was fantastic about the contact and then the connection of how he connects that to collection and the differences. And he's very clear on his definitions, which makes it so nice relating Mm -hmm. back to. So you had the dressage rule definition as well as the English definition. But that section in regards to contact was huge because. He brought in the general concepts, like you said, the problems of like, why is there no contact? Why, what happens if there's too much contact? What is really on the bit? And some of that, of course, you know, and you're yelled at all the time by your instructor. But then he brought in so many really clarifying moments that you're like, oh, that's why I really, it's so critical that we don't let this idea of the hanging on the bit happen if we're trying to get contact or if we don't let them tuck behind the bit and get away from it in invasions. And so it was just very, very clear. And it made it sometimes we have to have a purpose in order to reason to do something well. And so he made, mm-hmm. gave us why we're doing this, not just the idea of just getting collection or connection. Exactly. Exactly. I'll tell you, actually, one of my favorite was he talked about half halts, right? And he said half halts were as literally it's the most overused term and he liked uh-huh. using rebalance. And I love this because I, I literally like start it, flagged it, sticky noted it for everybody. But the word rebalance can mean reassess, readjust, rethink, recalibrate, return, reinvite. And I thought that was great because I think that's exactly one of the terms, right? It, 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 a half halt, you hear half halt all the time. And as an instructor, I also say that. And and I will say that this book as an instructor was really helpful as well, because it did kind of make me think about how I was saying things or how sometimes um, to, to step back and, and to go through the the term and or why we do it, how we do it, you know, who, what, when, where, why, right? Um, I yeah. thought he did a really good job, you know, and it, and it's great. Like, let's say you have a problem. Like I just, again, the same page, um, the problem, not showing enough change of length of stride within the gate. And then he would talk about why is there a problem? Right. So, yeah. um, and then he would give you an exercise to solve it. So I thought that that was really helpful um, when it, when it came down to things and he made it also fairly it complicated but uncomplicated wouldn't you say it was like very kind of cut and dry of like why it's important to do something and why it's not important to do another thing yes that's i agree that's why i loved kind of the black and white without the loss mm-hmm. of the nuance and i think exactly. eric is really standing human nature <laughs> because yes. of he would say like do not skip this or read that again and so yeah. a perfect example <laughs> But you're talking about the balancing, the rebalancing, and actually he had some really cool ideas about using a neck strap. Of course, I've used that through eventing my entire life, but he would actually use it in a different context, like actually feel like the rebalance of why you would pull on the neck up, not a bit up. And then and it, he then describes like in our human nature, that's what we want to do. So yes, he, he went into any in detail and broke down what the half halt was supposed to be accomplishing and what you're supposed to feel from it. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And I really do think like, truly this is a book to have or put in your tack box. Like for me, I'm going to keep this pretty readily available because as a, as a coach, you know, I thought he broke it down well, that that are just good ways for me to kind of look at that and say, oh, yeah, yeah, let me let me think of it that way, um, which was great. And I think he also took time and talked about horsemanship and uh, why it's important to, you know, have your saddle checked and why it's important to uh, he has a rider section in there as well about balance and why that's important, which, of course, it is. But he goes through why it was. So um, I really thought that that was really helpful. Um, anything else? that you have for us that from this book? 
I just really think you're right. This needs to be in everybody's tack trunk because there's we're human. Sometimes we get frustrated if our instructor told us, you know, you're supposed to beat your horse more forward. And sometimes you at that moment you can't ask the question. And then but what does that really mean? And he breaks mm-hmm. it down like, well, is it the horse? Is it you did not put enough energy? Is it that and so what you could do is you mm-hmm. can go, Oh my gosh, my lesson, I can open to the I'm not going forward enough. What does that mean? And then think about mm-hmm. it, break it down. Oh, they maybe it was me, you know, or, or no. Today it wasn't me. My horse was feeling just a little off, you know, and you can have more clarity and can take a second to almost do some of the research for yourself so that you can better come back and ask questions of your instructor because we're, we can't do this without our instructors, but sometimes we don't know even what to ask when we have any complications or we don't understand what maybe you're trying to get from us. So I think this one can help with maybe making a little bit of those connections. I love that because actually I, I had think somebody. That's a great t- point. Yeah. yeah sorry. Yeah. Lisa, I was just going to say, I think that's a great point is that, you know, the, the communication between a coach and a rider breaks down if the communication is not, is not clear enough. Right. And so like, like you said, Kelly, I, it's like, well, you don't even know what you don't know. So how are you yeah. going <laughs> to ask the right question? If, uh, you know, if if uh, there's not a clear communication, and it's and it's not the instructor's fault, it's it's just like uh, understanding is 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 mixed up, or you know, and and I think that's a great point to be better educated as a student, to be you know using all all the tools available, books and videos and and whatever to kind of build your own understanding, you know, just doing the homework. Yeah, absolutely. So Kelly, you also are a coach and, and work, um, you know, in, in, before your current job, you were, you were riding coach as well. And don't you guys think, and, and this happened to me today in the ring. So it's fresh in my mind. Um, I have a, a fairly new student that came in and she said, Oh, I've heard my instructor say that, but I never knew what she meant. And, uh, again, this is, this is a person that was visiting for a lesson and, um, and I thought in my brain, I, I it, as a coach, I stopped and I explained what we were doing. And then I thought in my brain, you know, as a good student, right, you do need to ask your coach that question. But there are times when there's a lot of things that are going on, right? You only have 45 minutes to teach somebody, typically, mm-hmm. maybe maybe an hour, but it's not a lot of time. So if you are struggling with a concept, I think it's great to even give your coach a heads up of like, hey, in our lesson today, could we talk about what, what you meant with that alignment piece from last time? Or I did a little research and, you know, but like you said, take the onus on yourself to really work on, you know, researching and understanding what's going on. So I think this is a good resource, this book. I think it is really worth worth your time uh, to to invest in this book and have it. Oh, yeah. As I always say is, you know, where frustration starts is where your education stops. And this is what I think this book would be really great at filling some of those holes in before. And then you can take it to the next step level or with a instructor, a coach, even digging into if you watch an, a, somebody riding their horse in a dressage test, like a professional and you can then look back and say, oh, I can now see what they're trying to accomplish or what they did there or what my coach is doing when she's asking this of me or he's asking me. Yeah. So you can make all these different connections that way. Yeah. I love it. Well, Kelly, thank you so much for your time and reading this book and coming on and chatting with us. We really appreciate it. Um, so just just a reminder, everybody, this book was The Sport Horse Problem Solver, What Works, What Doesn't, and How to Make It Better by Eric Smiley. You can get this book and all the other books that we've done for our book review and they are on the website and they're also on our Facebook page. So you can, you may have to search for them, but we've done, oh goodness, Phil, how many books now? 20, 30 books, a lot of books. It's, um, it's quite a few books. Yeah. It's quite, it's a, few quite books. a few books uh, now. And uh, this was, this was a real fan favorite and uh, we hope you enjoyed it. So Kelly, thank you again. And Kelly, how did you just tell everybody how you were selected to be the auditor um, to read this book? Absolutely. Thank you guys so much for the opportunity. Just you have to become an auditor for the horse race courses in the morning. If you guys select yourself to be an auditor, it's an extremely welcoming and enriching group. And we're 
all there to support one another. And then we have these amazing opportunities like working with you guys and reading these books and possibly being selected to get one for free and read it. (laughs) Exactly. Well, Kelly, thanks so much for coming on the show and we can't wait to have you join us in the future. Thank you guys so much. And thank you guys for being fantastic coaches. Even under the best circumstances, travel is stressful for horses. We've all been there stuck on the side of the road in the middle of nowhere. You can make the journey knowing that U.S. Rider is there for you. Get peace of mind on the road with U.S. Rider's nationwide 24-7 roadside assistance coverage for both you and your horse. Join today at usrider.org. Well, tonight I am so excited to have my coach, Tony Sandoval, on the line. Tony, welcome back to the show. Hey, Reese. Uh, glad to be back. Uh, I'm very <laughs> excited for our topics for today. We're laughing because you and I literally saw each other 12 hours ago. I, I've started coming earlier. Everybody, this is how much I know I need Tony <laughs> is because I'm going earlier. I texted him. I'm like, hey, can we start earlier tomorrow? Because I have a long day. It's also hot, you know, getting hot. Uh, and I, I can get to Tony in it. If I go right away, it's, it's a great way. I start my, my week and I'm thrilled. So we had, or I had a great session today, Tony, cause I actually learned something, not that I don't learn everything, but I really wanted to share this with everybody. We're, we're kind of laughing because, um, you know, I go to Tony once a week when I'm home, I, you know, I would go to him every day if I could, but I start my week off with Tony Monday morning. And, um, I've been having trouble being really sore, right, Tony? Like we, we, you know, I'd missed some sessions and and we thought, and and you asked me this morning, you said, Reese, how much protein are you eating? And I kind of told you what I normally eat, which I I, I don't eat terribly actually, but we came up with the fact that I was literally not even getting the third amount of protein that I need. So I'm going to let you take it over from there, Tony, because this was really something I had no idea. And I bet I'm not the only person listening to the show that does this. So I wanted to bring that up tonight with you. Yeah. You know, when, when I started to kind of put things in perspective with a lot of the clients that I work with, it is one of the most under, I would say, I get the, the attention to detail to the protein is something that is not some on anybody's radar, number one, because a lot of riders have a lot of type constraints. And so time is something that is always a reason why people don't eat enough protein because you have to cook a lot of the protein. Uh, now, mm-hmm. there are some people, obviously, that are vegetarians, vegans, and, and or don't eat as much meat. But whatever it is, it's always preparation, right? Preparation is is a big thing. But again, while I work with all these clients online and I look at their nutritional values, it's now to the point where I don't guess if they are under uh, as far as their protein consumption. My guess is by how much. That's yeah. where we're at. I think it's it's just uh, there's so much information about protein and a lot of people like yourself, you make good choices. The choices are not what the issue is. It's the amount because it's re- very difficult for people to understand that sometimes eating more does more as far as not weight loss. We're talking about fat loss because you can lose weight, but still look the same, just maybe a little smaller. But what mm-hmm. the goal would be is to acquire or be in a situation where your body's actually utilizing stored body fat. So now you create fat loss and now you start looking the way you want to. Now you start getting the results that you set out when you started your nutritional journey. And, and, and most of all, like this is more sustainable because when somebody is dieting, the whole purpose is to reduce calories, but n- not so much from protein because you want to spare your muscles. So as you're losing body fat, you can say, Hey, I look more toned, but a lot of people will lose weight. Now, again, not body fat, they will lose weight and then, and then wonder why don't I look more toned? Why do I feel weaker? I'm losing weight, but I feel weaker. I'm not as strong in the saddle. 
I feel more sore after riding and I didn't change anything in my routine, but I'm recovering worse. It's probably because I'm eating less. And that's part of the equation. But the main one is when you people eat less, they eat less protein as well. And that's where the biggest mistake is when people are trying to change their body composition. Does that make sense so far? Mm-hmm. Yeah. And, and for me, I mean, one of my main complaints is that I'm sore. Uh, and and yeah. I actually kind of had an easy weekend. I had, I've been working really hard and, but I, I took a little bit of time and I, you know, did some, went to yoga class and, you know, I did some things where I'm like, oh, I'm going to feel really good when I go see Tony on Monday. No, I felt almost worse this morning. And it, and that's what kind of brought on this conversation. And um, you kind of asked me, you know, what did you eat this weekend? What did you do? Because I've been really trying to watch sugar. And, um, you know, I, I, I don't eat it. I try not to eat a ton of carbs because um, it actually doesn't make me feel that great. So, um, you know, so I was like, okay, well, this is what I was doing. And I was, I was frustrated and I didn't feel good. And, and that's where this conversation came. So, um, so Tony, I mean, one of the things that we talked about this morning was, like you said, my biggest thing is time constraint, right? Now I do live, um, you know, where I work, my, I live with, uh, in the barn. So, um, my apartment's attached to my barn. So I can, I, I, my kitchen's here, so it's not that, but I don't have time during the day to stop. So, um, we talked about some choices that, that we can make, right? So, or that I can make. So, um, can we, can we share that with the listeners? Yeah, I think that when you have a busy schedule, I work with a lot of trainers and this the same scenario. I don't have time. What can I do uh, to make sure that I get enough protein throughout my day? Uh, and what I always ask is, do you like to cook? That's my first question. Because if someone doesn't like to cook and they don't have enough time, then, then, then that lets me know, okay, what what type of choices are you going to make? Because if we have to buy things that are a little bit more processed, like there are ready to, there's, you know, those uh, either chicken patties or, or turkey patties that all you throw is in the microwave and you just carry them around with you and you can snack on those patties and that'll give you protein. Now they're already cooked. So they have a little bit of preservatives. You just have to make sure that you drink enough water. So that way you don't start gaining like water weight because you're eating something that has preservatives in it. But again, it's a good solution for people that don't like to cook or don't have time to cook. Another thing is using supplementation like a protein powder. Now, protein powder can get very difficult and confusing because do you have or gain a plant-based? Do you have whey? And I would say those two are the correct answer. If you have a situation where you are going to be uh, going without food for a while, then something that digests very slow, like a plant protein, is going to help you out because it digests so slow. It will give you a satiety level that's higher throughout the day. Whey protein, especially whey isolate, which is very popular, that's more like after you work out because it absorbs so much faster, which is the right tool once you're done riding, you have a hard day of riding, protein powder in whey form would be awesome. There are some people that are lactose intolerant or they can't handle whey in their diet because they're going dairy-free. So in a dairy-free diet, whey is not necessarily on that list that you can consume. So then you go back to your plant protein. Does it digest slower? Yes. Is it going to make a big deal overall? No. I don't think for for what we're trying to do with riders, it will be fine. I think the rules are said for people that bodybuild and they're every, every minute, every second counts that they want to digest their food faster. So again, kind of long-winded, whether you have whey protein or plant-based, all I care about really is that you're having protein so that supplementation will help you. And then a, a lot of the other foods that are very easy to, to eat if you're not necessarily on something like a dairy-free uh, eating program is... Greek yogurt, you can carry those around. And if you have a little fridge or if you have a cooler that you can throw one of those little packages of Okio uh, and those carry about 15, depending. Now they have some that have 20 grams of protein. That's awesome uh, as far as the choices that you have to get more protein. Uh, I also like getting uh, beef jerky and the leaner beef jerky is obviously better because you want your calories to come from the protein because 
that will give you more room to eat. But if you have a lot of fat, fat carries more calories. And sometimes we need the fat, but sometimes we just want to eat the protein. Now, a lot of times I'll get the questions about, well, how about for people, well, I don't eat a lot of protein and people that have, you know, uh, choices as far as the nutritional habits, more vegan, just got to think to make a complete protein for muscle, you have to eat more of the vegetables to equal the amount that you would get from a piece of meat. So you can get there, but the amount of food is so much higher that that's why when a lot of people, when they switch over from one style of eating to something like vegan or vegetarian, something where there's a lot less meat consumption, they feel awful at first because they're lacking so many nutrients that they didn't account for. And the second part Mm -hmm. is because they're not eating enough. You have to eat so much more food to equal what, what, what meat would equal. So it's not necessarily wrong or right. I think there's a big argument like, no red meat, red meat, this or that. I don't, I, I'm not on that train. I'm more about healthier options and being very well educated on how you should apply your, your eating style. And again, when I work with vegans online, that's the first thing I say is let's look at your, the way you eat. And we have to be very careful because you're missing all these vitamins that we have to supplement for. So you're going to have to spend money on all these supplements that you will not get from plants. And you have to make sure that you're getting, if you were eating uh, a thousand calories with meat, you'd have to almost eat like 3000 calories in some instances. So you have to triple the amount of your calories to get the amount of protein. And then when you don't get it, that's when you start feeling weaker, less energy, and people don't, don't stick with it as much as they should. um, Because it's hard to go from eating a certain amount of food because your eyes tell you, oh, this looks good. This is a little bowl. But when there's no meat, you got to eat so much. You got to eat a trough <laughs> full of, of food. And when I've seen it done right by athletes, by professional athletes that are vegan, the amount of food that they eat is like, wow, I couldn't even house some of those big salad bowls that they have full of lentils, chickpeas, and all the proteins, all these beans and rices. And you're going, oh, I don't know how I could do that. But again, it's, it's just a little bit more complicated because you don't have things that are readily available. And I think just going back to the original question is what can you have that'll be fast and easy? Those are the things that I would say that you don't have to cook. When you cook, you can just meal prep and have everything just set out so that maybe you don't cook throughout the day, but you can cook like on a day that's not busy. I always like to say like Sunday because that's Mm -hmm. usually people's day off, but for riders and people that work on farms, it just has to be whatever day is your day off. It might be Monday. It might be Wednesday. But there's where you can allocate some time, like I told you, mm-hmm. cr- cook some turkey bacon, crisp it up, and then save it, and it'll be very crispy. So then you can have that on the go and yeah. other things that you can have prepared. So it's preparation and prioritizing some time so that you can prepare things like, like I told you again, like Costco rotisserie chicken. Shred, debone that thing, shred it up, put it in some type of container that you can kind of go, okay, I'm going to snack on some shredded chicken with, uh, I think you said you like hummus and veggies. Awesome. Mm -hmm. Great. But Mm -hmm. my thing is make sure that you're having enough protein. And that should be the first thing that you always think of when you're thinking about what am I going to eat? Where's my protein going to come from? Yeah. Yeah. Sorry. I was, I was just going to say that, you know, for a lot of people they're you know, they're trying to eat better, but then they just stop eating or, or, you know, or they find themselves yeah. always out, out of, uh, out of energy. You know, I, I, I yeah. feel like that, you know, in my house that, um, you know, we can't come back on meals. We can't, you know, por- I mean, portion control and all of that, but you know, we're, we're about cutting out sugar, you know, because if right. I go and come home from, from riding all morning, eat a bunch of sugar or a bunch of bread, you know, all those things that I want to eat, then I'm no good in the afternoon. So, you know, the idea of uh, cooking a rotisserie chicken one day of the week and just pulling it apart and, you know, here's here's the separate parts of the chicken. Here's what I can have. And like, I can easily just grab it out of the out of the fridge and eat it cold or stick it in yeah. the microwave and, and boom, there's my lunch, right? And there's a, a really uh, good source of energy from protein. I think that's an important part of, of my day, at least. And, and certain people, they genetically process food a little differently. And so although protein is a good way to muscle spare and a good way for muscle recovery, 
it would be the second tier, if not third tier, as far as energy for most people. The first tier is actually carbohydrates, but good ones. There are sugars that are actually good for you. Then the second tier would be fats. So that's why fats are good for you, especially for hormonal balance. And then the third would be protein. And your body just spends a lot of time digesting protein and it spends a lot of energy digesting it. So it doesn't really want to break it down unless it needs to, unless you are living for months on a calorie deficit. That means you're not eating what what your body thinks that you should to maintain. So if you have a long, long period of calorie deficit, your body has no choice but to start burning off your stored muscle and any and protein. It'll just start trying to use it as, as energy, which it doesn't make it feel the best. So pro, but some people can handle it. It's just like for, for anything, your brain, it takes so much energy to use protein for fuel, your brain. It rather use glucose, which comes from carbs, fruits, and, and that type of sugar is what the brain would prefer. So if you get a little foggy, it might be just because you don't have the right type of sugar to get into the, to, into the brain. And the brain has this thing called the blood-brain barrier. So sometimes like fat is, is difficult to get through there. Uh, protein is very difficult. There's not a lot of things that can go there, but sugar is uh, easy entry. So then your brain can use that. And so you act, we're sh- you're sharper. Now, we just cannot be confused by caffeine because that's the stimulant. Stimulant is not an energy giver. You're just literally telling your brain, hey, we're just going to pop this little burst of energy to get you going and get you a little bit more focused. But you still may be tired. That's why the crashes happen. And it gets, it's getting away from the, like what I'm, we're trying to talk to about protein and how important it is. But it is also important to, to understand that the right carbs have its place, the right fats have its place. And just trying to live where you can sustain a certain eating style and not adopt, this is important, and not adopt a dietary habit for your full-time eating habits. Because that's what kills people uh, when I talk to my other uh, colleagues about people that they train is they get on a diet and they adopt that as their eating behavior. And they don't understand that was supposed to be short term. How have you been eating like this for 10 years? And that's what we start seeing. And that's where we start seeing people that are very young, get all these hormonal disorders, all these anxiety, depression, um, uh, autoimmune system failures, inflammation, all these things are coming because believe it or not, People are under eating. And I know that blows people's heads out of the water. Like what? Yes. Hmm. Under eating. When I work with people online and I increase their calories slowly, almost all the time people start losing a body fat, start losing, looking different because I just gave the body what it needed so that it could function properly. And then it deemed, Hey, we don't need to carry this body fat. Our metabolism starts getting picked up. Uh, things like the hypothalamus, and the thyroid starts getting the right type of energy to go, hey, we can uh, actually burn some body fat here, people. Let's, let's get the motor running here and get going. And now you get more energy. You feel better. Skin looks better. You don't get as sore. You're riding better. All the things happen because we added calories. And so to me, that's why I always focus with people. Let's make sure that we, because everybody comes in underfed, everyone. There's not one person that I've ever uh, worked with that is coming in and I say, whoa, we got to cut your calories down. Not one. Since yeah, I've come right. into this in this in this sector, not one person has has come in, and I can say that to not even a, not even men. It's yeah, always right. under eating. That's the that's the, that's our just society and how we process information as far as nutrition. It's always like watch your calories, portion control, but you're you're controlling portions to a point where now you're not eating a lot. So if you're portion portion controlling, then that means you should probably have more of those meals because now your portion just got smaller, but people are cutting down their meals and what they're eating every time they eat, but only still eat three times a day. So now you just cut your calories down way below what you need it to function and your body has to adapt to that. So it starts cutting down processes that you need, like how to eliminate inflammation, how to work your metabolism and, or what we call your endocrine system. All those things start getting affected when you stay in a prolonged period of time under eating. So I fix people first. I help people by telling them we're going to first increase protein. 
when you get that to a number where I feel that for you is going to be good, okay, now we'll focus on carbs. Let's clean that up. I never say eliminate because the brain, people's brains don't work really well when it comes with food and taking away. So I always say, let me add or let me improve what you're eating. And so that usually works well, especially again with adherence. And then the last one that I will have is that I will have to work with is fat. And so now I get people for till they're working with me like a year or two. All we're going to do is hang out here at maintenance. Don't worry about no diet. You're, you've been dieting since you've been 13. Let's worry about <laughs> just like eating. Let's eat maintenance and see what your body does and see if your hair looks better, your, your nails, all these other things start coming around and you're going, wow, I'm actually, my mood is better. My stress is lower. I sleep better. I can, uh, my level of frustration tolerance is a lot higher. My horse seems to like me more because who likes someone that's hangry, you know, walking around the, the barn? Hmm. Nobody. So, so, so it all starts just, again, with eating the right amount of protein. And I think people, listeners might be asking, well, what's the right amount? And what I told you, uh, Reese, was a number that was specific for you. But I always mm-hmm. tell people, if you read how much protein you should eat, the first thing that you'll get is a, a little formulation, a calculation of what, uh, considering your weight in kilograms, what you should be eating. And that number is so low for anybody. Like it, It's just like the, the, the pyramid, the nutritional pyramid. It's okay, but it's not really what we know people need, actually. So when, when people do their research and, and, and start looking at the amount of protein that you need, I always tell people, well, a couple things. Number one, what's your ideal weight that you would want to weigh? And then maybe shoot for that. Some people that, that know their lean muscle mass or so their lean mass. So they go somewhere, they step on a machine and it tells them what their body fat mass is, what their lean muscle mass is, eat what your lean muscle mass is. And some people, depending on their sport, It'd be like, how much do you weigh? Okay, that's how much protein you should eat. So it just depends on what you're doing on what type of muscle, uh, what type of protein or the amount of protein you should be having. Now, it gets a little complicated when it gets to the the older adult. And research will will categorize the older adult as 50 years and up. Now, I did a presentation at the USCA conference about sarcopenia which is, believe it or not, that is the number one killer of aging adults. Because when you talk about all of the things that happen as far as falling down, heart issues, just overall health, losing muscle mass leads to so many other things internally that that's what the priority should be. Now, when you, for, for aging adults, it's not so much how much protein you get in. It is. But as you age, we lose the ability to control, and and I don't want to get too sciencey here, but there's some regulations that the body does so that you can A, maintain protein, or B, build protein, muscle. Mm -hmm. And Mm -hmm. when you age, because it's a a chronological thing, you lose the ability to A, (laughs) build muscle, or B, recover muscle, right? Because you're getting ready for this (laughs) You're getting ready for the crossroads, if you know what I'm talking about, right? Yeah. So, yep. <laughs> so, so what you have to do is you have to, at that point, supplement a couple of different things. That way your body gets the, this, this supplement in, this amino acid, to tell it, hey, I need you to start taking up this protein because we need to be more anabolic. Now, anabolic people might be, whoa, anabolic steroids. No, no, no. Anabolic means build. So we need to build muscle so that as you're aging, you're not losing bone density. As you're aging, you're not losing the ability to move well. So you don't shuffle. You actually can walk. The ability to recover from a fall, because if you're riding and you're over the age of 50, I mean, you're going to fall. So you got to be able to recover from mm-hmm. those things. Mm-hmm. So, so the, the supplementations that we need are number one, vitamin D3, 5,000 IUs would be great. Number two is going to be the supplement called HMB. And it's the real name for it is, uh, it's a mouthful. So I'm just going to keep it at HMB and (laughs) that HMB is the key supplement that I've read in research that actually helps aging riders 
or I'm going to say adults in general, keep muscle mass and build if they have the right amount of resources, which is protein. I know I talked for like 15 minutes straight, but I hope all of that made sense. No, I think it's great. Like, because again, this came up in my session this morning and I had no idea. I thought I was doing the right thing. And you're like, uh, no. So (laughs) I think that was really helpful because I don't think you realize how much you need, which is crazy. Um, it's a lot more than you think. And now I'm like, what? I've never had someone say you can actually eat more. Please do. In fact, uh, which was awesome. Mm -hmm. So I love it. Well, Tony, we have taken tons of your time tonight and you've been so kind and you've had a really long day. I know you have. So how can our (laughs) listeners find you online? (laughs) Uh, Well, if anybody has any questions about what I just talked about, need a little bit more help personalizing it. They can A, uh, email me at Tony at coachsandotraining.com. I'd be happy to help because that's kind of, you know, a little personal and specific as far as the recommendations. Mm -hmm. But everybody Mm -hmm. can find me on Instagram at Coach Sando Training. The same goes uh, to my Facebook, same name, or my website at coachsandotraining.com. Fantastic. Well, Tony, as always, thank you so much. You all are so welcome. I hope everybody enjoys the rest of their night. Absolutely. Thanks, Tony. And we'll talk to you soon. Well, we're so glad everybody enjoyed the book club. It's been going on for a couple months and we also have to thank Martha at horseandriderbooks.com. We've got another book coming, so we'll release that in another few weeks. So we're looking forward to that, a little summer reading. And I want to give a shout out to Anne in England. We were chatting this week and she was lots of fun. Um, So again, we love the email and Facebook shout outs. Keep them coming. The United States Dressage Federation is your connection to dressage education, competition, and achievement. Visit usdf.org for more information. That's www.usdf.org, the online destination for dressage. You can find our show notes and links to today's guest on our page at horseradionetwork.com. Search Dressage Radio Show. Like us on Facebook, just search Dressage Radio Show. Follow us on Twitter at Horse Radio. My website is maplecrestfarmky.com, and my email is reese at horseradionetwork.com. I think the best way to find me is probably through Facebook, or you can email me at philip at horseradionetwork.com. I'd like to thank our sponsors for allowing us to put on a good show. That's Kentucky Performance Products. If you'd like to support our show and the Horse Radio Network, you can do that through the auditor program found at horseradionetwork.com. And you can always enter for our book club contest when we get the new books in and the auditors can receive a, a book for free. So that's, uh, that's a cool part of our auditor program. Absolutely. We love it. And we love meeting and chatting with everyone as well. Well, everybody keep your heels down and your shoulders back. And we look forward to talking with you next week. 